welcome back to another episode of the Mimosas with Moms podcast. I'm your host, Abby Williams, and today I am joined by Jennifer Douglas, also known as Goldfish and Chicken Nuggets, on her blog, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Jen is the mom of two, a content creator, a writer, and a realtor. I'm so happy to welcome her here to share her knowledge around motherhood and life. So welcome, Jen. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited to be here. So Jen, kind of tell us a little bit about your motherhood journey. Um, so my motherhood journey, it, it started, I want to say, well, my daughter is now six years old. So it started around seven years ago, yeah. uh, right after my husband and I got married, I was like, okay, I can, I can have kids now. Uh, I was kind of yeah. on the fence of, do I want to be a mom one day? Am I ready for this? <laughs> Am I mature enough for this? Um, so yeah, we, I don't know that we're ever ready. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we are. Um, and so after our honeymoon or during our honeymoon, I was like, you know, we can, we can try for a family now. And I just kind of said, uh, I am, I was almost 33 at that point. So I said, you know, uh, this might happen quickly. This might take a while. This might not happen because a lot of my friends had struggled with fertility Yeah, and, um, we were very fortunate to conceive right away (laughs) on our honeymoon and then, um, tried to keep it quiet, wanted to share the big news when it was safe. And then just after we shared, uh, we've shared around 10 or 11 weeks, like right around my birthday, a week later, uh, an ultrasound showed that the pregnancy was not viable. Um, so that was devastating. Obviously it, it hits you like yeah. a ton of bricks. You're, you're telling everybody that a baby is going to come and that, um, that didn't happen. And so I wasn't sure that I was emotionally prepared to try for another kid at that time. I I needed a couple months to at least recover. And then all of a sudden we were pregnant again. (laughs) So a couple (laughs) months later, we were pregnant with my daughter, who's now six. And then a couple years after that, uh, we had my son, who's now four. And yeah, that's for us. Our family is complete at two. Um, I'm 40 now. And I I, I could definitely maybe do like a kid at 40. I don't know if I could do a third kid at 40. I totally understand that. It takes a lot of energy, right? It does. Yes, you would know right now, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> so do you feel like, you know, when you were starting out your motherhood journey, you kind of said that a lot of your friends were struggling with like fertility issues or that it was like kind of normalized a little bit for you? Um, that you like had people to like talk to or like a support network a little bit? I, yeah, I think so. It was very, um, there, there was, I guess, I, I want to say between eight and 10 girlfriends uh, of yeah. a, group, a group of us who kind of were off and on in touch, you know, a bunch of us went in separate, separate directions geographically, but with social media, yeah. and everything, we stay in touch. Um, m- the majority of my friends had either miscarried or yeah. had struggled with fertility in one way or the other. Um And not having had gone through it myself prior to that, it's, you know, you try to be a good friend, you try to support that difficult time. And I think after I went through it myself, I realized that there were more and less empathetic ways to show support to a friend um, who was struggling with fertility or had suffered a a loss or a miscarriage. So I, I was definitely normalized in my in my circle. And 
I felt yeah. very fortunate because um, I, I did write a blog post about it and a lot of direct messages that I received were to the nature of this wasn't normalized for me. And yeah. I even had a comment on my blog post today um, where a woman said she was even like blamed for it and that she's yeah. a, a long time and, you know, very depressed and everything because she didn't have a support network. And it, that's heart shattering, right? Because I think... Yeah. It, it is it, it is a devastating experience, but it is a, a much more common experience than we're made we're made to be aware of. And yeah. there's there should be no stigma. Like there should be no stigma. Like people need support. So yeah. I know, yeah. like I think that, you know, like we hear about these things happening, but like until like they happen to you, you don't like find your people. Yeah. Or like or like you don't hear it being talked about until like you're going through it and you like seek out those people, right? So I don't know. It's like, I just think that there's like this power and like motherhood and wo womanhood, you know, that like we're so like strong, but like we're strong bonded together. And like how cool that you kind of had the circle of like shared experiences. I think that I that's think very so. unique. Yeah, no. And it's, it, it yeah. made all the difference to have those people who just said the right thing, you yeah. know, and who, what are some of like the right things to say? I think, as humans, we have an urge when someone is feeling down or going through a difficult time. As humans, yeah. we have an urge to try and fix things. Yeah. And I think that's human nature. And you want to help somebody to, you know, uh, solve a problem or whatnot. But sometimes things just can't be fixed. And you have to sit with a person in their pain. And mm -hmm. some of the best comments and gestures that I received, uh, I had a, plant, a friend who sent me a plant and some chocolate and just yeah. said, take care of yourself um, and give yourself some grace during this time because this yeah. is difficult and just know that you did nothing wrong. And that yeah. was beautiful. That was a beautiful gesture. There was no, there was no comment. There was no trying to, well, at least, you know, you can get pregnant or well, at least this. And, and, and that's very much um, the intent is always good with those types of statements, but it, it doesn't solve the problem, right? So those kind of statements just like still blow my mind though. While like yeah. your intention might be like so, you know, genuine and nice. Yeah. <laughs> At least you can get pregnant. You're like, what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. And uh yeah, I think having had friends go through it, it, it was just it meant the world to me. So but definitely yeah. I felt that once I went through it, that yeah. perhaps I would have a better way to support people too. Who knows if I said one of those things before I went through it myself, right? Maybe yeah. I did. And yeah. it's, you know, it helps be, it helps you be a more empathetic person when you struggle with a challenging time, I think. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So then you go, so then you conceived pretty quickly with your, your first child. Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I you didn't really crazy. have like time to like go through like your grief. Um, a couple, I did a couple of months. I kind of just, you know how it's yeah. how it is. I mean, I almost went through the full first trimester. So yeah, everybody kind of handles that differently. For me, I didn't handle it well. Uh, yeah. I, I was nauseous and I wanted to sleep all the time. So yeah. even just the physical <laughs> aspect of getting through that part of the pregnancy, yeah. I just wasn't ready physically or emotionally to do it again yeah. and um and and yeah I guess like my husband traveled so much so <laughs> I wasn't feeling like I was going to get pregnant and then I just did 
Yeah. So, I mean, it was a, it was a blessing. It was, it was yeah. good fortune. I, I wasn't quite ready, but obviously that was the timing where it was meant to happen. So, and now we have a rambunctious little girl who's six years old. <laughs> <laughs> and then another one. And then another one. Yeah. You have two girls, right? A girl and a boy. Yeah. A girl and a boy. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And then, so you used to be a competitive swimmer. I did for a long yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about your competitive <laughs> swimming journey. Oh, that was a while ago. The glory days are over, um, yeah. like long over. But from the time I was 10 until I was 25, so I yeah. swam for a very long time, um, I was competitive. And I actually started swimming because my older sisters swam. So I, I, I was like, I idolize them. I it's just like what we do in our family. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't find out until much later in life that, you know, my my mom actually just wanted, because we were three girls growing up, and my mom wanted us to all be a part of a sport that was uh, had equal opportunity for men and women, right? Um, so swimming was That's a sport. so cool. Yeah, I didn't realize. But with yeah. me, she was more cautious. I really, really, really wanted to swim. Um, but I had terrible yeah. childhood asthma. I was constantly in the hospital. Um, a few times yeah. I nearly didn't make it. Like, it was that bad. And so my mom was yeah. very protective and didn't want me to get involved until my asthma specialist said, you know, this is a sport that you actually do want her to be involved in because um, I had allergy induced asthma. So the water vapors next to the pool actually help um, to relieve some of your asthma symptoms. And also the lung strength from swimming definitely helps to alleviate a lot of the symptoms too. So for the first couple of years, I like, I was terrible when I started, I was awful. I was like <laughs> in the pool and um, I was constantly like taking time off cause I would still get sick. And then yeah. after a couple of years, I started to get stronger and stronger. Um, and I really loved the sport. Like I just, I felt so lucky to be able to do it. I mean, some, everybody does things yeah. for different reasons. And for me, I just actually loved it. Um, and then as the years progressed, I, I was fortunate enough to, um, qualified for the Canadian national team. So I swam for Canada for a few years and then I received a scholarship to UCLA in California for swimming. So that was pretty cool. Like it definitely, the sport took me a lot further than I ever imagined. I mean, my parents were just happy I was healthy because eventually the sport gave me my health back. But um, yeah, it was 15 years and at the higher levels, I, I was training from four to six hours every single day. Uh, except for Sunday. So it was a huge part of my life growing up. Like I had to sacrifice a lot of other things uh, and, and it didn't feel like a sacrifice. Um, yeah, but it was something that you enjoyed. It's something that I enjoyed yeah. and still, I don't want to say it's still part of my identity because it's not, but it's definitely having that history shaped a lot of my values today as a human. Yeah. And you've kind of said like it has shaped like your motherhood journey a little bit. I think so. Yeah. Because with competitive sport and I was doing it for very idealistic reasons and I didn't have parents who pushed me or pressured me. I had very supportive parents who they would do anything just to allow me to chase my dreams. Right. So competitive sports to me were a very positive thing. Um, And they taught me a lot. And I think you and I have talked about this before, like (laughs) over Instagram is learning how to fail, right? And and failing gracefully and losing gracefully and um, having honesty with yourself and others. Like all of those values that I learned through sports are 
are, are definitely values that have helped shape like my self-confidence. And now that I have kids, that's such a big part of the values I want them to have too. Yeah. And I, I love that because I do. I think that like sharing our failures and our successes as parents just like normalizes what a human being we are. Right. And like what a powerful message to be, yeah, giving your children. So kind of tell me a little bit about like, I guess how that's like evolved in your parenting philosophy, how you kind of navigate failures and successes with your kids. It's funny because we've been kind of going through it this week with my daughter. <laughs> yeah. Um, she's, she's a bright girl and she's got yeah. a big personality and she's got a very competitive streak for, for good, better or worse. Right. But yeah. she's got a very competitive streak. And I always um, say, I think like their strengths are also like their weaknesses. Sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So with that competitive streak, she struggles with losing. Yeah. She's not a good loser. Um, and it, and it, how, it goes to like, how do you even define like winning and losing and failing and succeeding? Like it's, do we even call something a failure? Because yeah. do we need to? But this week, um, my husband's a big fan of chess. So like, like fun little parents, yeah. we signed her up for the chess club. <laughs> and, um, and then we got yeah. her a set of checkers and she said, mommy, can you play checkers with me? And I said, sure. And I mean, a six-year-old yeah. gave me a run for my money. She's good. Um, but when I won, yeah. she threw like a tantrum. She was so upset. And this is something yeah. she struggles with in general. And I said, you know, just because you didn't win doesn't mean you didn't play a great game. You know, you're right. sick and I really struggled to beat you. And <laughs> you should be proud of that because if yeah. you're looking for a parent that's just going to let you win, I don't yeah. think I'm the right parent. Right? <laughs> like, I, I want We're to, have to find you a different family, right? And uh, and she went she went to bed really upset. And I said, you know, if if mommy lost, then my job would be to say good job to you, right? So we were going through the whole trying to lose gracefully, but know that just because you didn't place in the finishing that you wanted, it doesn't mean you didn't do a good job. It doesn't mean you didn't try hard. It doesn't mean you can't some, take something good away from that. And it was just a board game. So yeah. the next night she played like four back-to-back games with my husband and she was a good sport every yeah. time. Yeah. And I was like, all right, this something. I worked my magic. It's not, yeah. Parenting win, right? Yeah. It's just, it's a little thing, but to me, those, those are going to be big things later in life. Like if you're struggling to lose at a board game, yeah, it's, what's going to happen when you're in your twenties and you don't get the first job that you apply for, right? Like how it shouldn't affect your self-esteem. It's a normal part of the human experience. Yeah. Not always get what you want and you shouldn't crumble because of that. Right. So to me, it's just, it's not just a board game. It's something way bigger than that. It is way bigger. And I think it's just like kind of, you know, planting seeds, Mm-hmm. You know, and like that's kind of like what we're doing on like this parenthood journey is we're planting these little seeds, and then eventually you're gonna have this person that grows into this beautiful something, or like not because I didn't do a good job, <laughs> but yeah, so you know, I think like those are just like very powerful, big moments of it's not just a board game, it's how, yeah, it's how you see yourself and how you yeah. define your confidence, right, yeah. Um, and just, and I'm, I feel lucky that sports taught me that because it's, it's totally a normal thing to have yeah. to work for something and to not get what you want right away. And yeah. it's, we've fallen into, um, 
a scary age in parenting where I think a lot of um, kids are given everything that they want and they're shielded from failure. And that is going to have a catastrophic effect on society if we don't sort of get a hold of that and teach our kids like you have to work for things. It is scary. It is, yeah. <laughs> it's like this whole, like, you know, equation that's, like, going on where it's, like, the instant gratification. You've got the perfectionism stuff that kind of results from social media or, you know, like, the comparison game. I think that happens so often. And, well, they're succeeding at all these things. Why am I not succeeding at all these things? And trying to navigate that, like, even with yourself and then now – trying to teach the next generation that it's so hard. It's very scary. And I mean, my kids are still young enough where they're not on social media yet, but it's frightening to think of what boundaries are going to have to be set raising kids. Um, And especially daughters. I mean, obviously, but I, I think that at a certain age, so much of a little girl's self-esteem should come from herself, but Sometimes it comes from the approval of others and how does social media, like it's, it's just frightening. Right. Yeah, um, it is. <laughs> and now I feel like we're in sort of a safe spot or in our house, like it's you know, it, in a safe spot in parenting where we don't have yeah. to deal with those, th- those things yet. Yeah. So. I know. Like, let's just hang on to these little years. Yeah. Right. You know, my son is nine and he's like, when am I going to get a phone? I'm like, hopefully never. Yeah. <laughs> when you're 30. Yeah. Like, hopefully never. I'm just like not ready for all these boundaries and yeah, all the scary stuff that kind of comes with some of those things. But we'll cross those bridges when we come to them, right? We're going to have to. Yeah. <laughs> so you kind of solo parent quite a bit. Your husband travels a lot. Yeah, he travels every other week. Yeah. Um, and he's he's been doing that for seven years. He he started this job just after we were married. Um yeah. and he loves it and it's it's a great opportunity for him. So it's yeah. definitely when I I, I so I call it solo parent because it's not single parenting because I have a right. spouse that comes back and yeah. it just gives me so much appreciation for the badassery of single parents. Because yeah. I'm holding together by a thread at the end of the <laughs> between getting the it is, it's hard. and getting their lunches packed and making sure that, you know, they get to their activities on time and dinner, bath time, bedtime, and yeah. then working on top of that. Um, and it's just that after a few days, I'm like, this, this is, and then my husband comes back home and he's so helpful when he's home. And I think, yeah. wow, there, there are some, can you be here all the time? Badass people who do this all the time. And, uh, you know, yeah. but I just, I think it's like so subjective though. Cause I was a single parent for six years and I was like going through my schooling as a single parent and like, you know, I like accomplished everything as a single parent. But now like my husband travels and I'm like, but this is so hard. And I feel like it's so hard because I'm used to this very involved partner being there. Right. So then when you're gone, I'm like, oh my gosh, like the rug has been ripped out from under me where like when I was single parenting, you're kind of like, right, I have to have all these different hats. Like there is nobody to pass, you know, the hat to. So I don't know. I, I think like they're both hard. And, like That's a good point though, for yeah. sure. Because when you're used to having support and you're yeah. used to having help and 
little things become big it's things. Yeah, right? it's like, like hard to kind of like shift your expectations a little bit of like, yeah. <laughs> where's, my, where's my partner at? <laughs> yeah, totally. No, every yeah. Monday, every other Monday, I have to turn into like a drill sergeant and be like, oh, this is me. Get your shoes on, get out the door, make sure you clean up your own dishes. Like it, I just, yeah. you have to run a really tight ship. And then I'm a yeah. lot more lackadaisical. I'll go sit on the couch. Oh, it's bath time. They can wait. There's two of us here, right? Like I feel like I'm not a structured when yeah. um, Rob's around so <laughs> yeah it is it's like it's so hard doing it by yourself though single parenting or solo parenting yeah my hack like I said my hat goes off to single parents though because yeah. it's um you know it's one thing for me to balance the kids on my own but when you have a partner who's emotionally supportive financially supportive um contributes to the mental load and all of the other things that we do as parents um versus not having that at all ever like yeah. I think my hat goes off and you did it for six years and you did your schooling so you're amazing <laughs> <laughs> I just think like you get into survival mode like how are we gonna get through this we gotta like just keep going it's like funny. I just, I think like no matter what realm of like motherhood, like you're kind of going through, people are like, how are you doing it? And you're just like, I don't know, but you just yeah. got to, <laughs> you know, true. like whatever your challenge is, like you just, mothers, like they're the coolest creatures in the whole world. I think yeah. we do, we just do it. We just do it. It's true. <laughs> it's funny because sometimes Sometimes the perception of complete strangers, like I remember, I think I wrote a blog about this years ago, but I remember in one moment, I had my daughter who was a toddler and my son who was a colicky infant, like very, very colicky. And we had a lot of struggles with him as a baby. Um, And, you know, I was out walking the dog with my infant strapped in the carrier and my daughter in a stroller. And my husband was out of town. And this, this woman that I didn't know walked across the street and she was like, I don't know how you do it. And I was like, I said, if you saw me leaving the house in tears, you would know that I'm hanging together by a thread. But just, it's funny because optics, right? Like, I guess she saw me with the yeah. kids to me and everything as if I had yeah. everything together. And I'm like, I absolutely do not. Do not. I, I know. And I don't think any of us do, you know, yeah. like if you think anybody like truly has it all together, then they're doing a good job of deceiving. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, it's that perception, though. You can see yeah. another mom or another dad, and it just looks like they're they're juggling things so effortlessly. And mm-hmm. I don't know that any of us really do. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you kind of, like, what are your tips for maintaining and surviving? <laughs> um, I think it's, you know, I'm kind of fortunate now with my job. I yeah. switched careers uh, when I found out my son was on the way. I always wanted to, I was working in a, a corporate job, so a traditional sort of yeah. nine to five, um, and I was in outbound sales for more than 15 years, like in one way, shape, or form. Um, so I had a very, you know, regimented schedule. Uh, but now, now that I'm, I, I work as a realtor, so now I'm self employed. And with that comes sometimes I'm on demand and I have to go places, you know, very quickly. And yeah. sometimes that's on evenings and weekends and things like that. Uh, but the pro of that career change for me, uh, and one of the reasons why I did it as a mother is that sometimes on like a Monday when the kids are in school, yeah. um, I just don't 
bother to work because I've worked <laughs> all weekend or I've done something and yeah. it's really hard for me because I'm a type A personality yeah. and I have a hard time just like sitting doing nothing. But sometimes I just force myself to do nothing for an hour or two. Yeah. I'm going to lie down on the couch and it's it's a very little thing. But for me, that, that will recharge my batteries for like the whole week yeah. if I take that time out. Um, not everybody has that depending on the work schedule or how old the kids are, right? So I mean, for me, I feel very lucky um, that I can maybe do that once in a while, but it comes sort of at the price of, well, I have to sometimes work for the full weekend, for example, and leave my husband right. with the kids for the whole weekend. But uh, yeah, but yeah, prioritizing that self-care. Yeah, that's so important. And self-care looks different for everybody too, right? Like sometimes yes. for me, taking a couple of hours out, uh, you know, people are like, go to a spa. And I'm like, that actually stresses me out more because I feel like <laughs> I'm the same way. <laughs> too much time out of my day and I'm going to miss something. Yeah. So even just decompressing, like leaving mm-hmm. my laptop open, walking away for an hour, just trying to la- like little things like that go a long mm-hmm. way to recharge my battery. Uh, mm-hmm. But I have to force myself to do it <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Well, Jen, where can my listeners and followers find you? Um, So my blog and my website, you can find me at goldfishandchickennuggets.com. And then Instagram is goldfishandchickennuggets. And then Facebook and Twitter are some variation of that. Um, I don't know if you have listeners. (laughs) I'll plug them them in the the description of this podcast as well. Oh, yeah. and I don't know, I don't know if you have any listeners in the Toronto area because my yeah. day job is as a realtor. Uh, yeah. I'm at Jennifer Douglas Real Estate. That's my real world job. If anybody's interested in that, I know. We can <laughs> but uh, but yeah, this is this is the fun part of uh, of parenting, right? Like this whole blog and social yeah. and things like that. It just you connect with so many fabulous people, and it's you been- really do. It's been like really surreal for me. I yeah, feel like you know, like just all these people that you probably would have never talked to, yeah, had you not like had these platforms, exactly. And yeah. the number of uh, of people that you connect with that are perfect strangers that just say, "Hey, this yeah. really made me laugh," or "This really touched me today." Like it made my, yeah. you know, I related to this, right? And so, yeah, yeah. is that why crazy. you started Goldfish and Chicken Nuggets? I just started it as a creative outlet. Um, yeah. And yeah, I don't, like we were chatting a bit earlier uh, before we started recording, right? Where real yeah. estate is quite seasonal in Toronto. So there's very yeah. busy seasons and there's very low seasons. And uh, during my first low season when my kids were in school, I, I, it was actually my daughter's first year in school. And she inspired me because she was so excited to go to school. And I could see she was very creative and she loved drawing and reading. And I was like, man, I used to love creative stuff too. Maybe I could just <laughs> do this, you know, as a hobby. And then yeah. I thought, oh, I'm going to ask some of my friends to follow me. And then uh, and then all of a sudden it was like it grew. I never thought it would grow. I thought, you know, I know. it would That's be. That's kind of how I feel like with mimosas <laughs> with moms. I'm like, oh, who's going to follow this? Like it's, I'm just this nobody girl from Cincinnati, Ohio. And now here you are with like, thousands of followers you're like what is what is going on here but because we all struggle I think a little bit with this sort of imposter syndrome where like (laughs) I look at at you and you're brilliant and I look at your content (laughs) and you create things that resonate with people and they're beautifully said and you focus on uniting women right and and 
you know, you're like, oh, why, well, I see why people follow, right? It's a, it's, to me, it's a no brainer. Like it's, you're just yeah. growing and growing and growing. But I think the same about myself. I'm like, I don't know why people follow me. <laughs> <they do. laughs> that is so true though. Yeah. I don't know why we do that. Like as women, I was in a mom's group a while back where like we were all sitting around and one of the questions was to like say something that um like you're good at or that you do that's like a strength of yours. And like every single one of us were kind of like, well, I used to be good at this or I think I'm kind of good at this, you know, but like yeah. none of us really like own like like brag on ourselves. I'm like, it's why do we do funny. this? <laughs> no, I saw something and I don't know where I saw it. Uh, I saw it on Instagram. It, it was within the yeah. last 24 hours that I saw it. And yeah. it was a picture of Simone Biles. And it said something yeah. to the effect of, you know, if I state that I'm the best gymnast in the world, uh, people might accuse me of bragging when really I'm just stating facts. And yeah. I was like, go girl. Right. That's what we all should be, right? Like right. we shouldn't be afraid to summarize our strengths. But I think at some point, and I don't know when this is, but at some <laughs> point, maybe during adolescence, it's yeah. almost like we shut ourselves down yeah. so that we're more pleasing to others or that we're more, I, I don't know when it happens. Cause I, mm-hmm. my daughter does not have that yet. She walks into a room and she lights up like a Christmas tree. Um, so I, I hope think that she keeps that forever. Yeah. And, and it's at some point we just kind of like sell ourselves short of acknowledging our yeah. strength and, yeah. you know, and I don't know why that happens. And I think it's just because it's not very enough. interesting, though. Yeah. No, I don't know. Like, not enough women support women, though, right? We should all be, I know. Like, you go, girl. Like, something good happens. Everybody should be thrilled, right? Which is, like, really cool kind of about, like, the online mom community that you and I have both, like, fallen into. Yeah. You know, where we're with all of these, like, like-minded women who are different in a lot of different ways. But we all like cheer each other on. And like when you're hitting milestones on like your social media, which like, what does that have to do with anything and like the real scheme of life? You know, but we're like, oh my gosh, like you go, you're getting there, you know, or (laughs) you get a big share by a big account or, you know, and I'm like, I love that like we're doing this, but how do we kind of bring this to like real life? (laughs) Exactly. And I'm like, do we, do we do this for like our real life friends where you're like, you know, celebrating these milestones and outside of like marriages and babies and you know what I mean? I think there's there's good things that are happening. Yeah. I think future generations have hope. Someone once told me, it was my hairdresser actually. She's the sweetest, most beautiful soul, like beautiful inside and out. And we were just chatting about friendship and uh, good people and good human beings. And she said, someone once told her that, a great friend isn't just the person who's there for you when times are bad. They're the people who stand up and support you when things are going great. Yeah. And that really resonated with me because I was yeah. like, man, how many of us can actually say that, right? That we have those great friends in our corner who support us and are the number one fans when things are going great. I know. And, you know, if we all, if the whole we world would be like that. that, can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be cool. You know. So basically, we all need to walk away from this episode, shaping our children to be like these amazing cheerleaders. I think so. <laughs> you know? Just like, just so determined that they are great at what they're great at and cheering on, you know, their friends around them. Yeah. And like and- how more beautiful the world would be. 
I can't, I can only imagine. I feel like <laughs> I'm a bit of an idealist, but I feel like it's possible. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. I think like change can happen. It just, you know, it's going to start small. It's going to start in your home. Yeah. Kindness breeds kindness. It's true. It's true. Yeah. And learning opportunities for, yeah. you know, like even that little checkers game, right? Yeah. I was like, we can have a moment and we can all <laughs> shut down here or, you know, something better can come of it. Right. So right. I just hope that she responds as well when there, when there are bigger problems. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she will. I think that she's got a good, a good guider in her corner. <laughs> Thank you. I try. I, I question every decision daily as I'm sure we all do. Right. But <laughs> yeah. That's motherhood. (laughs) We're all just bringing it. Exactly. Well, Jen, it was so great chatting with you for real. Like we've chatted through Instagram for so long and now I finally have like conversation with you. I love like being able to connect with my friends. That's awesome. Thank you you so much for having me. It was great chatting with you too. Yeah. And uh, I hope uh, the little bun in the oven keeps uh, (laughs) progressing and gives you back. I know. know. I'm so tired. And I'm just like, is this just the rest of my life now? (laughs) No, it'll get better. It'll get better. Yeah. It will. It will for sure. (laughs) Cheers to motherhood. Cheers. Okay. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks, Jen. Okay. Take care. Hey guys, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review and be sure to tell your friends. Go follow Jen on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Goldfish and Chicken Nuggets and be sure to check out her blog, Goldfish and Chicken Nuggets. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Mimosas with Moms and you can email me at the number 2mimosamoms at gmail.com.